Hey, can you hear me? We can I hear you. you. Half it, I can hear you. Can't you see me. Let Let me see if I can navigate this thing, man. That's fine, man. I'm, Ghost. We I'm had like Jerry a, first, I'm buddy. Like a truck driver in a in a in a spaceship now. I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> we got to clip that, go. Yeah, right, how about that? Here we go. You got three hundred wins, Coach. Take as much time as you need. Hey, man. You're too kind. You're too kind. Yeah, I, told, I, told, I, told, I tell people I'm approaching about 300 losses too, so I'm like lemonade and tea. I'm half and half. We won't talk about the losses. <laughs> never, never. Oh, that's awesome, Coach Scott. You want to get us going? I'll tell you what. That, that's not a bad Arnold Palmer right there. <laughs> that's pretty good Arnold Palmer. I'll take it. Welcome to Life on the Road. Um, Coach Scott Bowledge, we have Coach Alfonso Key here, and we are the navigators of the journey for those coaches uh, that can come in and tell their story about where they started, how they started, where they've been, and where they're currently at. So Coach Key is going to introduce our special guest today. Well, Life on the Road guest today is a dynamic guest who has a plethora of experience, a very successful high school coach of over 20 years, 300 wins. And with that, connected with college coaches through his recruitment, uh, will be a tremendous guest today. Look forward to hearing from Ike Walker. Our special guest today is the head coach of Jack Britt High School in Fayetteville, North Carolina. This is Coach Ike Walker. Welcome to Life on the Road. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Two of my all-time favorites. All-time favorites. And Coach Walker, you know, we're going to ask you your journey, but I'm going to give us a brief synopsis of your background, Coach. Uh, you know, it starts, I think, from the beginning. Jack Britt High School, you were their first hire. And, and since you've been there, um, over 300 wins, uh, which people take stats on, but a multitude of players that have gone on in life, um, basketball in particular at all levels, Division Three, Division Two, Division One, SEC, ACC, CIAA, Peach Belt, Junior College. Um, that's just on the basketball side. So you're a major impact in that community and also your interaction as an assistant coach before with college coaches. So um, you're a giant here. I'm here with you locally. Um, and as many games as you've won, um, People say the same thing, and this is genuine. He's a better man and a better person. So much, well, I was coaching 19 years in college, seven universities, head coach, assistant coach, and on my journey, at the end of my journey, um, I was saying, where do I want to live? And my son is a basketball player. Where can he, who can he play for? So I bought a house in this district just for you to coach my son. Now, what happened is he changed the dynamic and wants to play for me, <laughs> but that's genuine. So, Coach, we're just going to start and, and have a natural conversation. But um, my first question to you, when you take it um, as slow, as fast as you like, um, what is the purpose and reason that you want to coach? And when did you know you wanted to be a head coach? Wow. That's a great question. I appreciate the intro, Coach. I I, I don't I don't know what to say now. I, I don't know if I can live up to all of that. 
that you said in the introduction. <laughs> but I, like so many of us, I, I had um, someone that saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I'm talking about uh, William James Carver, Jr., who was a multi-sport coach at E. Smith before retiring. Um, he went on to be Cumberland County Schools Activities Director and, and, and then left Cumberland County Schools and went to Fayetteville State, served as an athletic director at Fayetteville State for an extended amount of time. And I had graduated from South Carolina State um, and was applying for any job that I thought my degree allowed me to apply for. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell my kids this, I, I still have like three, four shoe boxes full of rejection letters. Um, <laughs> but to, to make it, to make the unemployment line look more than what it was, which is the <laughs> unemployment line, <laughs> I started taking MBA courses at Fayetteville State okay. and um, to try to build upon my business administration degree. And I was working part time as a teacher assistant at an elementary school here in town. And I got a call one evening from William Carver. He, he said, look, um, Douglas Burr is looking for a JV basketball coach. Here's the principal's name. Call him. He's going to hire you. Mm -hmm, wow. mm -hmm. And that's how I got started in coaching. Um, as 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 I've coached throughout the years, you know, you obviously you 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 pay attention to what other guys are doing and mm -hmm. what other guys are saying philosophically. And but, you know, to be successful, you have to come up with your own. Right. So yes. I my 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 purpose now is to just create a launching pad for kids um to be able to to leave here and be successful. I, I just want to create a safe place for them to learn what it means to be a winner. Uh, yes. What it means to to persevere, all all those all those adjectives. Um and, and that's basically why I do it. Uh obviously you gotta love the game. I I, I do love the game. I feel like I'm I don't know what I need to know. <laughs> and I'm, so I'm constantly seeking answers to things. I uh, got guys like you in my league. So I got to I got I, I, I to stay current on what's going on. But my, my sole purpose is just to create a, a, a launching pad for kids to be successful. So, Coach, well, I'll tell you, Coach, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, Coach, going oh. back to when you first got your, your JV job, so yes. how old were you? When you first started coaching at JV basketball, I, I think I was 20, 25, 26 years old when I first started coaching JV basketball. And um, uh, I was very fortunate to, to be working with a guy um, named Todd Edge, who was a lifelong educator. He, he retired. He's still coaching, I think, golf out at Cape Fear. Um, yes, yeah. But I, I, at, I would walk the halls and some people thought that I was a student. So that, you know, that was a long time ago. Nobody thinks that anymore, <laughs> but uh, getting started at Douglas bird high school with coach edge um, presented some challenges and it also presented uh, some opportunities. You usually have those two 
dynamics operating in the same plane. And and so it 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 was really good that I got started there. Well, I tell you, Coach Walker, I'm sorry, Coach. Let me let me I want to intervene on that. Um, when you said your purpose, and, and for me, a lot of people like a campaign manager have a purpose and their reality. And you're one of the few that I see your purpose uh, every day. And some of the word that goes around is old school. And sometimes I'm not sure if that becomes a compliment or an insult. But what you're doing for young people, launching pads, and that word coach could be a synonym with a plethora of different meanings. It should be almost like a caregiver, role model, influencer, supporter, disciplinary. So, you know, we're getting away from that word coach and old school was being said almost as a negative. Now it's a fast talker. It's a, a transfer portal getter. So um, amazing that you I've seen you live your uh, your journey uh, right in front of me to the point, like I said, I, I moved here just for my son to play for you. Coach, I appreciate you. Um and you know, you guys understand this as you as you as you move forward in this profession, um, you you get knocked around a little bit, and uh, it's easy to lose focus. So you know, it's always good to have affirmation, yeah. uh, and and quite often I have to seek that because it's it's difficult. You know, the, the longer you stay in it, the harder it gets. It is um, no question. It, it it it's it's a tough profession, um, and so I I appreciate that. It, it's always good to hear uh, people in the profession, yeah, uh, speak of you in a professional manner. So I I appreciate that, coach. So, coach, after uh, JV coaching at Douglas Bird, where is your next stop uh, on your coaching journey? Well. They built a school in Cumberland County, Jack Britt High School. It's in its 24th year of existence now. And uh, this is my 24th year here. So um, as, as the school was being built, um, I didn't really think about, hey, I could be a head basketball coach at Jack Britt High School. Um, people started approaching me and um, – you know, a couple of guys were telling me as in former coaches or current coaches saying, hey, I, I'm hearing your name uh, for Jack Britt. And I was just taken aback. I'm like, well, I haven't applied. I haven't called anyone. I don't know why that is. You know, I, I'm, just, like that. I'm just teaching small business and marketing at Douglas Bird, uh, yeah. workforce development coordinator and. Yeah coaching JV basketball from four to six and then joining the varsity basketball team for practice from six to eight uh, at four and, hours and of practice Coach a Walker, night. Coach Walker, uh, before we get to Jack Britt, that <laughs> legacy, um, you had a dynamic role as an assistant coach um, for the varsity. Instrumental in success in that program and also the goal between you have some talent on your team that was recruited. So kind of talk to me about your role as far as college coaches coming in and recruiting your players, you and Coach Edge um, at Jack. I mean, at John, at your school as an assistant, Douglas Bird. Hey, when when I started at Brit, um, when I started at Bird, at, you know, 25, 26 years old, single, uh, no kids. And so I I spent all my time pretty much at Douglas Bird High School. Um, it probably the best thing that ever happened to me was that I was able to 
Coach JV, which helped me to develop a style of coaching and then also sit on the varsity bench and and play that role as well, which was mm -hmm. to support Coach Edge. And um, it, it the first thing that I did as a JV coach was try to work as many college camps as I could. And okay. I would leave I would leave one summer camp and go to another like yeah. five or six camps a summer we, from we can East relate. Carolina to North Carolina State yeah. uh, to Wake Forest to Achievements Unlimited in Greensboro, uh, where Jordan would make his one day. Uh, he'd come and play in the pickup game, the AU pickup <laughs> game. But I'd always go with a couple of notebooks. And, you know, when usually in camp, uh, you have a, a speaker. And usually mm -hmm. that's an opportunity for the camp counselors to take a break, you know, relax. Right. And Get I'm sitting over there on the side with my notebook and I'm paying Should attention be. to what they say and the drills they run and the teaching yes. points. So I'm just accumulating all this information. Um, and what it allowed me to do was to take it back to Douglasburg High School. Um, we we didn't win there the first couple of years I was there. We were 124, 2 and 23. And then, you know, we, yeah, we ascended and we get this kid on campus named Marcus Melvin. <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching marketing class one day and one of my students runs in the class. I, I hadn't even called roll yet. And the kid <laughs> is like, Coach Walker, there's a six, eight kid at Douglas Bird Middle School. He's left-handed. He can play, coach. He can play. I said, really? What's his name? <laughs> no, no Twitter, huh? And the kid said, his name is Marcus. I don't know his last name, coach. And so as soon That's as awesome. class was over, I ran downstairs to Todd. He was in the PE department. I said, one of my kids says there's a six eight at Bird. Uh, I'm going over there during my planning period. <laughs> so I run a Bird is Bird Middle School is right next door to Bird High School. Okay. So I, I run over there and I didn't know the kid's last name, so I go to the front office. I show him my badge. Look, I work <laughs> over at Bird High School. Yeah. You guys got a kid over here by the name of Marcus. I'm a tall kid, so yeah. she looks him up in the computer. She said Marcus Melvin. I said, what class is he in right now? <laughs> well, I, I go to his class. <laughs> and I'm like, my God, he's not 680, 6'9". <laughs> <laughs> so that was the start for us. It, it's amazing yes. how how better you become as a coach when you start getting amazing. players. It, it's amazing how that minutes. works. But that, that, was, that was the beginning for us at Bird. And, you know, just being able to – to provide him with college level stuff because yes. I had attended college camps and, yes. and that that's been my philosophy to try to create a situation in high school where you don't forget you're on the high school level, but you incorporate some collegiate stuff. No question. Those kids make it. There's no culture shock. No right? question. You no, know, they, they, they're, they're ready for the next step. And then even if they don't make college basketball, they can utilize the process part into Coach other Walker. areas of what they're doing. Coach Walker, and, you know, this, this conversation is just tremendous because I recruited two of your players um, as I received my first head coaching job at Division II Fayetteville State, and they both were prepared. 
Um, one was a JUCO All-American. They came ready to play. And I actually won Coach of the Year in that league um, with both of your players and got extensions. So thank you so kindly for teaching those guys the right way, allowing me to become Coach of the Year the first time in 20 years of school history and my paycheck, which allowed me to purchase a home to be where I'm at now. So I appreciate your hard work taking your notes at those college camps. Thank you, Coach. Coach, you're too kind. You're too kind. You're too kind. (laughs) You know, you don't – you're on the high school level, and this is the old school part that you were talking about, Coach. We, I don't control who comes in the front door. Yeah. Uh, you know, you coach you coach who's in the building. Uh, I love it. And, and that's that that goes back to that old school phrase you were you were mentioning earlier. You you just coach who shows up. Been very fortunate to have some kids show up that that love to play and wanted to get better, yes. and had parents that were as committed as their kids yep. were to helping them realize their goals. Coach, and you're tremendous in that. And, and I'm sorry, Coach Bowes, but he's just taking this uh, to great places. And me coming from college, coaching in high school, that's why I value you because high school word is, is a tricky word. It could be oxymoron, meaning that majority of high school community schools, kids grow up there. There's a line district and they come to your school and you coach them. Some years are 6'4", some years are 5'11", some years are 6'7". So a high school, a good high school coach will be like a stock market. Now we have prep, private and recruiting, which is a total different mindset. So but their labor is the same level. So if I recruit a kid, I go get a kid. That's not high school. So when you hear high school rankings or Donda or not to any uh, prep or private, that's not high school coaching. That is recruiting talent and playing so again which is a great place for us but um since i've come to high school um there's been the, in the same pot i'm not in the same pot with a school that's recruiting kids so you're at a place where i know you don't even glance at the kid and that's why it should be different and i respect you tremendously because some kids are 510 with uh fat legs short arms and you know them the same way so that is something i've learned coming from college where high school is, is a different playing field and i respect you for how you've done it for this long appreciate you coach appreciate you you're exactly right with that you just you know you coach who's in the building yeah. um and you know you may have to change an offense or or yeah. defense you go learn something new, um, mm-hmm. but it, it and and it's I I prefer it that way as a competitor. It just yes. keeps things new, and it, uh, it keeps things fresh. And I you know I think I'm on my it's my 24th year here. I might be on my sixth offensive system yes. <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> that's good culture. It, it's just I, I have a former player that's now an assistant and. Uh, he he remembers when when he was here, you know, we cut the court, we forced things sideline. Yeah. We, we got outside the lane, trapped you. If you tried to drive baseline, we had multiple rotations. Mm-hmm. And and now, you know, we're we're sitting in a pack line. We're not forcing yeah. you anywhere, but we're trying to crowd the floor. And it's just based on what you think your kids can do based on your evaluation of them. Adapt and adjust. Yes. So, yes. Coach, coach let, let's get to the very beginning of Jack Britt. So you, you've you been a, a JV coach. You've been an assistant coach. Now this is yours. You know, starting from the beginning, 
was this nine through 12? Cause you know, some kind of, some schools, you know, build up. So, you know, talk us through the very, very beginning of how your program started, the ups and downs and the, the stuff you had to deal with, you know, right. being the very first coach at this school. Right. Special. It, it, it was a big pot of gumbo coach. Uh, <laughs> we, the school was, well, it was advertised that the reason the school was built was to alleviate crowding at 71st High School, Southview High School, and Douglas Bird High School. So we're pull, we were pulling originally from three different school zones. Okay. And obviously, I knew the guys that were coming from Bird um, at the time, uh, Ron Miller, uh, who's in North Carolina High School Coaches Hall of Fame, I believe. Legendary coach. He, Ron Miller, Coach Jeff Capel uh, at Southview. He was the coach there. And I think Bernie Poole, who coached 71st. numerous Division One guys, was the coach at 71st. So they yes. were kind enough to alert me to the kids that were coming from their schools. Okay. Uh, when I first got here, the, the first mistake I made in developing in selecting a team was that I chose who I thought were the 14 or 15 best players to play on our team. And we went six and 19. Mm. And the lesson I learned from that is that there's a big difference in the best 15 and the 15 best. No, so true. you take you have open gym, you, you do skill work and you pick who you think are the 15 best players. And it kind of goes back to what Coach K. I heard Coach K recently say, you know, we 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 recruit uh, talent with character, not talented characters. <laughs> So you're, you're selecting basketball players without regard to the other components that right. influence the team in a positive or negative. Yes. Right. No question. And, um, it was a nine or 10 team league. We didn't come in last, but we were like in maybe seventh or eighth. But I, from that point, I said, that's it. There, there's, there's a big difference between mm -hmm. the 15 best players and the best 15. So oh, now awesome. I, I select the best 12 or the best 13 or the best 14. And, you know, after your top eight players, nine through 14 or 15, they, they, you know, they, they got to be kids with character. They got to be kids that can see beyond their nose. Uh, they got to be kids that buy into what it takes for them to be able to play in the next one or two years. And mm -hmm. so it, it just made things so much. I don't know if easier is a term, but it made it smoother, smoother, for, cohesive for myself and my staff to uh, to put a team together. So, at, at what point did you feel like that was the key to? I want to say there, there's a lot of different versions of success, right? No question. You know, right? Based on their their seasons on, right. Okay. You know, what What was that turning point for you where you felt like we had a successful year? Not, mo not so much wins and losses, but right. where you could say, you know, we made some progress. 
Right. Uh, in, the, in, in the second year, uh, we got halfway through the season and I felt like we began to get buy-in. We began to get buy-in. And uh, that 2002 team, I think we finished 13 and 13 that year. Um, the old heads like to come and, you know, they, they have friendly arguments about who the best team in, in Jack Britt history was. And, and I tell people we've, we've had what I consider to be five elite teams, uh, okay. 2003, 2004, 2006, 2008, 2009. I said, now, those are my five. The, the best one. I'm not going to get into that. You guys can discuss that on your own. Right. But right. but the most important team was the 2002 team because that was the team that started to buy in. And uh, basically it was the team that created culture here. Created culture. Um, and as I look back, uh, we had a kid on that team by the name of Chris Dixon, who was originally at 71st. And uh, Chris came over here. He had to sit out his junior year because of academics and uh, he came back his senior year undersized. Uh, he was about six, three, but we played him at the four spot because he was super athletic. Right. He ended up going Juco, ended up playing division two basketball. But um, Chris was on that team. A kid by the name of Corey Johnson was on that team who ended up at Arkansas Little Rock yeah. after going uh, Hargrave. Uh, Clinton Junior College. So, you know, we had kids on that team that took different paths, but they were together with us. They bought in. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had – we could have made the state playoffs that year in year two. But we well, had two jump. kids. One was a starter. And uh, we were playing Douglas Bird, ironically, toward the end of the year. And we were in a fight for the last automatic berth. Back then, the top four – made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So we're playing bird at home and I have two kids leave campus to go get a haircut. Uh, so the PE teacher comes toward the end of the day and says, coach, got two guys skip my class. They didn't show up. Mm -hmm. So when they come back to school for pregame meal, I, you know, I call them to the side and to make a long story short, we sit them. They don't play. Uh, at the time, even my principal, uh, Conrad Lopes at the time, I, he, <laughs> I, I through conversation, God rest his soul, through conversation, I, I think he thought that my, my punishment was a little harsh. <laughs> but he said, you know, coach, <laughs> it's probably going to cost you to state playoffs. Yeah, hey. I can't remember my <laughs> response, but anyway, we we lose that game, and That's so now we have to win the conference tournament to get into the state playoffs. We right. go to seventy first round two. They got six eight kid Juan Wheat, six seven kid Billy Houston. Both of them are well, collegiate, they, yeah. um, and they're <laughs> ranked change. number one in the state. And <laughs> we take them to two overtimes. Oh, we lost gracious. the game in two overtimes. Um, that's incredible. It was, it, it was it was the result of that team buying into what we were trying to do, and uh, it was at that point where I thought we we got something here because we had a lot of underclassmen 
And then 03, 04, we go to back-to-back East Regional Finals. That's so impressive. I, I, I would, to answer your question, midway through the second year is when I felt like we're on the we're on the right we're on the right track, and um, it, it's you know you try not to look back on things because right. you, you know somebody told me that you you know your 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 rearview mirror is not behind you it's in front of you you got to look no ahead question. to see behind sometimes, uh, but. You, 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 it's, it's, it's the good thing about athletics. You can reminisce and, that, and remember. That's your legacy, time. though. That, that's what you stand for. Um, and you've won plethora games, four or five rounds, guys, but that's what you stand for. You know, yes. I think you all have in any career, um, in high school or college, there's going to be a point. You must make a decision and stand on who you are. You know, exactly. it's a collision. It may be a suspension. It may be a guy smoking weed behind this. It may be academic. You got to decide. And I think when it's all said and done, and people in the business know who you are. Now, the right. fan may um, appreciate that one win coach a little more, but the guys behind the business and the parents, and even the kid, when he matures enough to understand that, um, will appreciate that. Well, Coach, let's go on to our favorite segments, Coach. Bo, it's on you. Man, this is, this is going to be really good. So the first one, first part, you know, this section we call it no disrespect. No disrespect. Okay. <laughs> and the, and the re- reason being is because somebody's not going to make this list. Somebody's not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so you know when when I interviewed Coach Key, you know his his list got to about eighteen to twenty. <laughs> I bet it did. So uh, we just had to cut it down and and just stop it, you know, and and label that no disrespect. So. You know, people can just stop at that three or five mark. So the top three coaches who had the biggest impact on your coaching career or your life, uh, your personal life. My goodness gracious. If you, you're, you're such a legend, we can expand it to five if you like. <laughs> three and a pop, I, four and a pop. what, from a coaching perspective, I, I would have to start with with Todd Edge at Douglas Bird. When when I got to Douglas Bird High School, um, I I was a basketball former basketball player, uh, having played in high school, and then you know fortunate enough to to be a part of the program at South Carolina State. But I I had not coached anything, you know, unless you consider. Um, Coaching at South Carolina State in the uh, what do you, what do you call what do you call the the program where intramurals intramurals yes that's the word that's the word yeah I, I coached in an intramural game at South Carolina State that don't really count but yeah, I think it does every everything everything that we did here at Bird uh, at Brit in the beginning and really what we do now is comes from what I learned at Douglas Bird under Todd Edge. Uh, very organized, very organized. Extremely. And uh, having been a Carolina fan, coach was, uh, you know, we had the, the practice plan with the thought of the day and the offensive and defensive emphasis straight from Dean Smith. You know, we, mm-hmm. we'd get on the bus mm-hmm. for road games. We had khaki slacks, a uh, white dress shirt with a tie, and and a pullover and coach even went to Brooks Brothers outlet in Clinton 
and got some burgundy and gold ties. So, mm. you know, everything was, it, it was professional and it was kind of based on the Carolina way. Um, coach came to see us play this past year over at Grace Creek. Uh, ironically, one of his other assistants uh, is the head coach at Grace Creek now. So he was over there watching two guys off of his tree uh, compete. Awesome. And he came into our locker room before the game. I introduced him to our guys. And I said, look, guys, this is this is where all our stuff comes from, uh, mm. from the weight room to the track to to offseason workouts, uh, pre and post season. Mm. Uh, talking to kids after after the season ends to kind of get closure, you know, the one on one meetings, uh, mm -hmm. all of it came from Coach Edge. So I would say that that coach got me started really okay uh, okay other than you know william carver got me the job <laughs> but right. coach yeah. edge really got me started uh and on, and on the right foot um i would have to i would have to include him who's next Whew. <laughs> it gets tough no after disrespect. that um I, I can't say I necessarily worked with this coach, but I was fortunate enough when he retired. Uh, what what luck uh, to yeah. have a retired NBA guy live less than five miles from your school. And uh, Coach Capel, hmm. Coach Capel called me. Um, he said, "Hey, I when, when are you when are you working out? Uh, I'd like to come in and and check things out." And I like, "Oh, coach, you're welcome anytime." So I tell him when the workouts are, and yeah. and I'm thinking that you know he's just coming in to sit and observe. Yeah. And he comes in there in his shorts and he got his coaching shirt on, and mm -hmm. I was like, "My, wow, yeah. put coach to work." And, <laughs> and at the time. I had a young kid. You guys will know this name. I had a young kid, uh, rising <laughs> sophomore, mm -hmm. uh, by the name of Emmanuel Bates. And I said, Coach, I got a big that I think has a chance. Yeah. And uh, I said, how about if I just send him to you on the other end of the court? Right. And it was amazing. I, I couldn't hardly pay attention to what I was doing with my group. Right. I'm peeping, peeking down the court, looking at what coach was doing with Emmanuel. And he he came, I he spoke at our banquet that year, and he came in as if he was working here. Yes. Days he couldn't That's come. Coach he texted yeah. me, he's like, Coach, I, I gotta do A, B, or C, won't right. be in the day, same time tomorrow. And yeah, I text yeah, back, yeah. sure, coach. And one day he comes in and we're working on various things and he comes down the court towards me. I see him coming and he says, coach, he said, how do you, what do you teach your bigs on screen and roll? He said, yeah, do you teach them to reverse pivot or do you just teach them to turn and run? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, coach, I probably need to be asking you. <laughs> What's the best thing to do? And yeah, yeah. I said, well, coach, we, we reverse pivot. 
And he said, fine. And he went down there and he was, that's, that's what he taught. It was an I'm amazing with lesson to me that an NBA guy who had coached division one college, division two college, uh, was a, was a GA at Wake Forest, was a high school coach at Pinecrest High School when I was in school. He's, D-League head coach. He's deferring to me. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the workout, I go to coach. I say, Coach Capel, what did you guys do on the pro level with screen roll? Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, well, I we just hit and turn because it, it gets you. We, we want the quickest route to the rim. So we just hit and turn. And so the next day in practice and, and workouts, that, that philosophy got changed. We're hitting the turn. <laughs> Real quick. But but I I in summer league games, I'd look up and, and I it's rare that I look up in the crowd, but in certain gyms, you know, they're so small that your 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 sight line is is right to the crowd. So I look. Uh, I'm over at Southview one day in a summer league game and I look up and I see Coach Capel and Coach Key sitting beside each other. Coach Key's at Federal State at the time and Coach Capel is is in summer league. He's just watching summer league games on the high school level. He's an NBA coach. So the humility um, that 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 he displayed, um, it it just blew my mind. So I would I would even though I was not on his staff, I have a story for that. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell it unless you ask, but I, I, he was, I wasn't ever on his staff, but the fact that he, you know, took his time to come in our gym and help us, uh, before he, before he became sick was, was big time for me. So that's, that's two. Is that two? That is, that is close. Got, got one yes. more. If you got one more. Okay. The third. And and this is kind of along the lines of Coach Capel. I, I I've never worked on this guy's staff, but through recruiting and through working uh, NC State's camp, um, Sean Miller. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, mm-hmm. uh, I I go on championship productions, and if there's a Sean Miller video up there, I'm buying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as an assistant at NC State, when he was there, I got to know him and. I, I would just pay attention to him when he spoke to the campers and uh, the simplicity in which he taught um, right. what uh, what on the surface appeared to be complex things in the game of basketball. Uh, how do you break pressure? Uh, you know, just for an example, uh, how do you place your, your body between the ball and the defender? Uh, what type of dribble moves are required? Where do you go on the floor? Where do you not go? Uh, end of game situation. So I, I started paying attention to him just as a student of the game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff, I, I tell Coach Key all the time, This is I got this from Sean Miller. I got this from Sean Miller. I tell mm-hmm. my guys where I get everything from because we're in a day and age where it's like, you got to prove to kids that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. So it whenever is. we do something in practice, I'm like, hey, this came from Butler. They play pack line. This came from Virginia. Yeah. They play pack line. This came from yes. NC State. I, I saw them do it 15 years ago. Or this right, came from Wake right. Forest. So I, I use Sean's name a lot 
Uh, it's funny. I caught them this year. They played. Um, they played in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They mm -hmm. played. Uh, gosh, the the school escapes me, but it's in Georgia. Really good team, but their first round game. So I catch Sean coming out of the tunnel for the beginning of the game. I yeah, I big Sean, and he turned around. We made eye contact. He smiled. I hadn't seen him in yeah. years. In Greensboro, but, uh, yeah. Those those are my three. Uh, all the guys in my league, uh, from Coach Key at Cape Fear, uh, my goodness, they you, you look at you look at them on film and like, wow, I, I got to get better and press offense. I got to get better <laughs> at post defense. And so you know, all all the guys that you compete against, yeah, you know, yeah, you got to put them as number four. So that <laughs> I, I'll I'll stop there. Oh, that, those are phenomenal coaching. I, I love how the community of coaching, like you said, one area is to work with someone, but we're all kind of on the same staff. I'm going to take too much time, but I, I feel the same for you. I'm calling you constant. Uh, coach energy passes with happy, but our profession is so unique like that. I could walk into a, a competitor's practice, sit and learn, um, but uh, you, you've done the same for me, Coach. And I wanted to ask before Coach goes to the Coach Bowers to the next question. Um, a little bit about your dad, Coach. Um, I, I played at Fable State and coached here. He's a legendary coach. Let's kind of give the listeners um, a little bio about your father uh, as a as a head basketball coach here at East Smith. Right. Uh, hey, it's I, I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, this summer would make five years that he that you know he transitioned, but he uh, he he would tell people that I was a much better coach than he was, and you know I I'd wow. really beg to differ on that. He, he, he's kind to say that, but you know he he started the track program at East Smith High School. They didn't have a track team. Wow. Uh, wow. He started the track program there. He was a linebacker and defensive back coach on D.T. Carter's staff. You know, East Smith wow. Stadium is named after D.T. Carter. So he, he, you know, comes from the days when there were seven class periods in high school and he taught six of the seven and then coached mm. three sports. Um, wow. So the, the perseverance uh, that he displayed, uh, the ability to transition from one thing to the next, uh, and and not really outwardly display uh, dissatisfaction or uh, fatigue, mm -hmm. which I'm sure at times he all he experienced all the things that we do, Most uh, but never displayed that in in my presence. Um, just a good example. Yeah, uh, he would drop me off at school in the mornings and uh, shirt and tie. I, I don't know, and even on teacher work day, it was polo shirt and slacks. So you're talking about a variety of examples that at the time, uh, I, I I just saw him as my dad. But now that I'm in the position that I'm in, I look back, and they were great examples. Um, I, I have to chuckle a little bit because I, I have kids from time to time that call me and want to get in the gym and you know, something I, I, I'm you have to be realistic. I, I love basketball, but there's some days where I just 
every yeah. now and then I don't want to be in the gym. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. about the times that <laughs> I would be on my dad on Sundays to let me in East Smith's gym. And yeah, I can relate. He would grab the keys and we'd be over there. I'd be in the gym. Uh, you know, Cumberland County Schools has a policy now where you can't bring your kids to work. But mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up, I went to e. Smith on every teacher work day <laughs> and stayed in the gym. Right. Yeah, he'd yeah. go get me a ball and he'd go to his class and I'd be in the gym from 30 to four o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just the examples of of humility and submitting his time to others for a greater cause. Um, is big. Now, you know, growing up, I just saw him as my dad. But as I look back, there there were example after example after example of how I should, you know, behave as a coach and, a, and an educator in the school system. So and he was a good coach. We coached good players, too. Oh, yeah. 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 We good players. Good players. Uh, we, we're talking about he told me a story about Jimmy Ray. Uh, who's retired NFL guy, was offensive coordinator for several NFL teams, uh, played at Michigan State in the national championship game that ended in a 6-6 tie with Notre Dame. Uh, Maybe the first African-American quarterback at Michigan State. Uh, He said Jimmy Ray was a better basketball player than a football player. And I'm like, goodness gracious. You know, he said he <laughs> shot when he shot the basketball, the ball never hit the rim. <laughs> it bothered me that every time. So you, you hear those stories. Um, and, and I can hear his voice as, as you asked, asked me that question. But but yeah, big, big influence, big influence. I, I would say uh, other than coaches, my parents, mother and father, you know, they, they created that platform that I try to create. For others, that launching pad where you can take off and and do what you want to do. Uh, that's great. That's, that's a great list, you know, especially when the the parents make the list. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, you know, without a doubt, have, that's not always the case now. Absolutely, no, it you know, you ha- have your your father be the the big influence with you coaching wise as well, because you know you take a lot of things that you see him do, and those things stick with you. Like exactly. You, you know, when you don't want to go into the gym, but you were the one bugging them to, to get into the gym. So exactly. You know, that, that's exactly. I, I I I think I've told Coach Key this story a couple of times. He would come to our games. The first year I was here, he he come to the games. He'd go up to the very top of the gym and sit down. And you know, former coaches, it's hard for coaches to sit in the stands. You know, because right. you hear all this stuff from armchair yeah. coaches. You just hear a bunch of unqualified people talking about stuff. Yes. So he, he'd go to the top of our gym and sit in the corner by himself. So we played one game, and uh, we didn't play very well. First year, was a lot of games we didn't play very well. But I, I went by the house, and we got into a conversation. I can't remember how about the game. And uh, toward the end of the conversation, he just, he just looked at me. He said, too much ineptness just too much ineptness. <laughs> and I walked out the door, got in my car and I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking to myself, and I don't even know what the word inept means. <laughs> I don't know what it means. So I, I, I get home and I look the word up 
And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I shared the story <laughs> with my assistant coach at the time. And at practice, I, I got the team in the circle. I said, hey, I learned a new word uh, last <laughs> night. And you don't want to be described as this word. And so I went through the definition and all the adjectives that corresponded with the word that you do not want to be described inept. as inept. <laughs> so even to this day, when when something's going on on the floor, I don't like I, I'll, I'll just look at my guys and say inept. We're inept. We're inept. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. And you know what? Capable of doing what is required. <laughs> Unqualified. Those are those are tough, man. That is a tough word. It is. It's a tough word. <laughs> it's old. I'll tell you what, that that is a great story. And that leads us into our final segment, <laughs> which is a funny coaching story that you've had. Now the, the best part about being a coach and being in this coaching profession is everybody's first name is coach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you being on the, on the other side of the recruiting when it comes to players, you know, being a college coach, you know, you get the, the really for the, the players and the coaches. So I'm sure you've got something good about a particular coach during this, during your coaching journey. So, Ike Walker, the floor is yours with your coaching story. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know how funny it is. Uh, it may be funny to the guys now, but I don't think it was funny at the time. I, I, I'm afraid that as I tell this story, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the, uh, I'm going to give the people involved away, but I'm going, I'm not going to use names. But uh, when I first got started, um, we had a kid that was that was on the recruiting radar early. I mean, he was he was on recruiting radar early, and uh, he actually um, was invited to the particular school that was showing the most interest in him. Are we allowed to say the school? Don't say the school name either. I won't say the school name, but the particular school that was recruiting him at the time. Um, didn't make the NCAA tournament. They were in the NIT. So they invited us uh, to the game, first round NIT game. And it was kind of like the beginning of their recruitment of this young man. So, you know, you, that's, that's what I miss most about uh, having, having big time guys, you know, and, and to tell you the truth goes back to what coach was talking about with regards to old school versus the new way of doing things, I'm I'm not even sure how involved some big-time universities are with a kid's high school coach now because of the, the number of players that are involved in a kid's recruiting process now. Right. It it might it might be someone else that mm -hmm. college has to show love to more so than the high school coach. But this was the time where the coach, high school coach got all the attention. So we're getting recruited along with the kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this kid, uh, we, 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 we go forward. He's a junior in high school. Uh, we make the state playoffs 
and we 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 got a tough opponent our first round game and the team comes out in a triangle and two defense and it was because at the time we had two guys they end up being a thousand point scores so I, I, I guess our opponent had looked at our film like wow they you stop these two guys, you, you can beat you can chance. Bird, you know. So they go into a triangle and two, and we don't handle it well. You know, right. we just don't handle it well. I could honestly say that, you know, as a staff, we were probably caught off guard a little bit by it. Uh, mm -hmm. And we looked bad. We looked bad that game. So bad to the point where the school called us and told us that they were no longer recruiting our kid. Wow. Weren't recruiting our kid anymore. Wow. Uh, so I don't know if that was the straw that broke the camel's back, if they had started thinking that earlier, or they just mm -hmm. came to that conclusion after that game right. that he didn't yeah. have what was required to play for them. So they called mm -hmm. us, said they were going to stop recruiting the kid. Um so we fast forward a little more to the spring. I get asked by uh, a young man that was a volunteer coach um, on our staff at the time at Bird. He was a volunteer coach. He was in class at Federal State. He asked me to help him with, uh, with an AAU team. He was going to get some guys together in Fayetteville, get an AAU team together. And his primary reason for doing it was to protect the kid that was on our team at Bird that was being recruited. Mm -hmm. So we did it to protect that kid, to be with him when he was away from us. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, this guy was trying to get a GA job at East Carolina. And he felt like, oh, I said it to school, my fault. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> no, no, anyway, no. he was trying to get a GA job there. Uh, and the head coach at ECU at the time was using his his AAU experience as a means of yeah, checking stone. him out. So mm -hmm. he said, right, can you help me? And I was like, sure, sure. So we're playing in a tournament at Greensboro Day. And the young man that was being recruited obviously is on our AAU team. And so a coach representing the school that had backed off of him. Right. Approached me after the game. He was like, Ike, what do you think it's going to take for us to get back in? <laughs> they want to start recruiting him again. <laughs> in the meantime, the volunteer had started calling other schools because this school had backed off. Yes. So now the kid, because he got let go from one school, we've kind of expanded his. We've got kind of expanded his choices through calling. No question. And so it wasn't the same for this school. They were the first ones on it. Now they're yes. back on him with a multitude of people, which is, you know, what you should expect. Right, when you're right. recruiting a really good player. Uh-huh. So I get approached and it's like, Ike, man, what will it take to get <laughs> back in? He said, I he he says, We made a mistake. Yeah. We made a mistake. Yeah. 
And I said, Coach, my advice to you is to just tell them the truth, you know, tell them what you just told me. Mm-hmm. And so they get back in. And now my phone is like the phone in the back cave in Gotham City. It's like <laughs> ringing off the hook from this head coach that, because, you know, nothing goes on without the head coach. Okay. Uh-huh. So this uh-huh. head coach that confirmed that they should back off is now right. blowing my phone up back, every day. Back in the mix. How's he doing in algebra? How's he doing? What's his GPA? Is he taking the SAT? Uh, right, how many yes. times is he taking it? Is everything all right? Is <laughs> anything we can do to help? And so it was just amazing um, how they were able to pivot. They mm-hmm. went from seeing somebody that could help him, then determining that he couldn't help him, then right. coming back. <laughs> oh, man, we need to get back in. And uh, <laughs> out of all the guys that that I've been fortunate enough to coach and get recruited, that was the only situation where a school was like, nah, that's all right. And then turn around and said, oh, man. We we we, we got to get we got to we got to get back in it. So that's my funny story. Oh, that's a, and I guarantee that the assistant coach was getting lit up. I guarantee he was getting cursed out. Why in the hell did you stay with this kid? Because coach, I've been here a few times where a head coach in one part of the year we don't need a point guard. I want to recruit him. Right? Where's he at? Where's he at? <laughs> Why is you recruiting him? I don't mean stop recruiting him. So, Coach, I appreciate you sharing that with us, Scott. That is hilarious. I could relate all day long. Hey, like like you said, you like you told me, uh, I remember a conversation we were having on the phone, and you were like, hey, check out that movie, The Devil Wears Prada. You said, yes. you, you'll know after you watch it what I'm talking about. <laughs> Any guy want to get in college basketball, that's the orientation film. You must watch The <laughs> Devil Wears Prada. Am I right, yes, Coach Bowman? Yes, 100%. I never, <clears throat> I never watched it, you know, but you hear about it. And all of a sudden it's on television one day and you start watching like, man, I'm having flashbacks. That's <laughs> us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, change of flight now. There's a tornado coming. I don't care. You must go <laughs> see the kid in Vegas tomorrow. Yep. Well, no, let's go to, we're going to D.C., see the point guard. When? Today. Um, find a car. Yep, that's us, man. So Coach Bowers, that's going to be our – uh, assignment for guests that want to get into college basketball or realize what it's like. Right. Devil wears Prada. Right. Devil wears Prada. Definitely. Devil wears Prada. So they 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 went full circle and hey, they, they get up getting the kid. How about that? They end up getting them in the end. Great story before wow. nil. Right. That's awesome. Yes, indeed. Well, that that's that's great. I was about to ask where he ended up going. He, and he ended up. He ended up with them. Sure did. Well, they they realized that that he was it, and hey, they were yes. lucky enough. Yes. So yes, coach. It was a it was a pleasure to have you on. It's been years since since we've seen each other. I'm glad we could reconnect this way. And the the stories, your journey was outstanding. And yes. hopefully, you know, people who watch this podcast can take something away from this, you know, with all of our guests, but especially you and, you know, your journey on the high school level and everything you've done from starting a program to really, you know, developing your core and your foundation 
is is outstanding, and it was a, a pleasure. And Coach Key, any final last words for Coach Walker? Well, again, I know he'd be an outstanding um, guest, and he's a testament what a coach should be in every capacity: role model, leader, connector. Um, getting people to higher education. So I, I see it every day. I'm here with him locally. Coaches, thank you for your time. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. I, I told my wife, I said, evidently, they 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 must want to practice. Just they're using me for practice so they can they, when they get the big dogs on, they they're 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 on point. So but I, I appreciate you guys uh including me in this. This is this is big. I, I enjoyed it and you guys do a great job. Keep keep grinding. We want to thank you for your continued support of the Life on the Road podcast. Please comment on each episode and give us that five-star rating wherever you get your podcast. And make sure you hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on our YouTube page and follow us on social media at Coach AKSB. Thanks again to all of our guests and listeners. This wouldn't be possible without you.